This weather has been uh, super nasty, kind of cold, right? And I don't know if any of you have been sick or anything like that, but I have a bunch of sick people in my house. And my daughter, who is two years old, her name is Molly, and she, when she gets sick or when she gets hurt, she wants daddy or mommy to hold her all the time, you know? And so, like, if she hurts her finger or her sister hits her in the head, she cries and, and she, needs, she just wants to be held all the time. So uh, a couple days ago, she's been sick and kind of getting snotty, and she sneezed. I'm in the kitchen. She sneezed, and, and I hear her start to cry, and I turn and look, and there's just snot all over her face. And she has her hands in it like this. And then she reaches out like this, like for me, I, and I'm not joking, there was a V. It had like stretched from finger to nose to finger. It was like this web of snot. And she's like, eh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I love you, but not that much, you know? And uh, I, I will not hold your nastiness. Um, but I know a lot of us, you know, and even probably maybe some of you have been sick. This Any people sick this week? Well, yeah, wow, lots of people sick this week. You're a bunch of sick people. <laughs> well, that's actually what we're going to be talking about this morning. We've been in this series called Gospel Life. And kind of the premise behind this, if you're just joining us with us, is that the gospel equals the good news of Jesus through salvation in him. That's what the gospel means, is just literally good news. And specifically the good news that Jesus has died on a cross for people who are sinful. And he raised again to give new life and to restore us uh, to a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Um, people who don't deserve it. And that's the good news of Jesus. And, and that we can have uh, faith in him and have a home in heaven because of what he's done for us. And so in the series Gospel Life, what we've done is we're taking that and saying, okay, um, what does that now mean for us in everyday life? Um, what does it mean if the gospel saves us? What does it mean for us to, to walk in the gospel on a daily basis? Because sometimes people falsely believe that now that I'm saved, I'm okay, and I just kind of do what I do, try not to do too many bad things. Um, but that's, that's not really what being a Christian is about or being a disciple or living the gospel life. And so... Um, as we've been doing this, we've been looking through the book of Acts. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 3. We're going to be in the beginning part of that today. Or I'll, I'll throw some of the, the scripture up on the screen today. Um, but uh, the reality is, as, as we are jumping in the book of Acts, we're, there are a lot of people who are sick and people who continue to be sick and people who die from sicknesses and diseases and people who um, are constantly ill. I know that uh, I can, um, I definitely feel for people who are sick and have issues because I've been through it myself and continue to go through sickness and stuff myself. And so uh, I can relate to you if you're here and you've had a lot of health issues. Um, but it just seems like the world today, we have a lot of health issues. And if you, if you uh, have been paying much attention to medical stuff, I, I didn't know if you knew this, but half of America, actually, I'm sorry, 70% of America, over half, are on some type of prescription medication um, for some illness, injury, or disease. 70% of America right now is on some type of prescription medication. It's kind of a, uh, I'm, I'm sure it goes up and down, but that's kind of the average. 50% of Americans are on more than two prescriptions at a time for some kind of illness, sickness, or injury. And we see a lot of people who are, who are sick and injured, and you probably know somebody um, who maybe has even um, died of a, a disease or, or known somebody who's passed away recently or something like that. And so what I want to spend some time this morning talking about is the issue of, of healing because when Jesus came, he said that he came not just for, um, not just for the poor, he also came for the sick. And then when you think about the life of Jesus, if you just kind of go out on the street and you pull somebody off the street and you go, hey, what did Jesus do? What are some of the things that people say Jesus did? If you just ask a random person, what did Jesus do? What would they say? Anybody in the audience? What would Jesus say? What did he do? Died for us. What else did Jesus do? He raised the dead. What else did Jesus do? He healed people. What was a, do you know what's the number one miracle that Jesus performed? Do you know? He performed the most. He, healing. Healing people. 
He did turn water into wine. He might have done that every night, but we don't know. Um, <laughs> um, that would have been kind of nice, right? Or, or, um, or food from bricks or something like that. But we only get one story that. He did, he did feed people, and we, got, we get two big stories of that. And he, um, he did walk on water, and that probably only happened, I think, maybe once or twice, right? And so, um, but the majority of the miracles that we see Jesus did, he, he healed people. He healed blind. He raised people from the dead. He um, healed people who were lame. Um, he healed people who had lesions. He healed people of uh, diseases like leprosy and things like that and bleeding. And, and so we see um, Jesus doing a whole lot of healing. Sometimes he healed one individual person. Sometimes he healed a whole bunch of people. Sometimes it just says, and Jesus healed many. So we don't even know the amount of people that Jesus healed. But we do know that when Jesus came... One of the primary things that he did, kind of his actions on the earth, was actually physical healing. Now, um, the interesting thing about that is, that was exactly what was said about him uh, like 750 years before Jesus ever came. The prophet Isaiah said that, that Jesus would, would come, the Savior would come. Not only would he die for the sins of the world, but he would also be the healer. And maybe you've heard this phrase before, but that's in, it's found in Isaiah 53. But it says, by his wounds we are healed. And Jesus was this prophetic messenger of God. And he did, he, he spoke the words of God, but he also did the actions of God. And primarily, many of his actions were through physical healing. Pretty interesting. And now we're in this uh, story in Acts chapter 3. Um, we're going we're gonna to see something unique because um, as we've been looking and we learned in Acts chapter 1, what Acts chapter 1 talks about is Jesus commissioning his people and he says jesus was getting ready to go to heaven and he says to his people and you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses to judea and samaria and all the ends of the earth so you remember that from a couple weeks ago and from last week and then last week what we saw in acts chapter 2 was we actually saw the holy spirit come down and empower god's people people like you and i who believe in him um, to have the same supernatural powers that jesus had on earth so we, see, we saw people speaking other languages that other people uh, didn't even know. They saw them speaking uh, Greek and Roman and uh, whatever they, they spoke during that time and so that people could understand each other. And then we saw them being generous and, and caring for each other and doing things that only Jesus could do. Now we're going to see the power of the Holy Spirit in these new believers do things that only Jesus did. Um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see them heal somebody. So Acts chapter 3, and this is a big deal because if you were during that time, you go, my healer is gone. I mean, people lined up to see Jesus. You know, when it talks about how crowds follow Jesus, if you remember much of the Bible story, you hear a lot about how crowds follow Jesus. Oftentimes, crowds follow Jesus selfishly. And who were many that followed him? The sick and the lame. And the blind, right? Because they wanted physical healing. And he was the only one offering it that day, right? He was doing miraculous things and people followed him around. But now Jesus died. He was put on a cross. He rose again to heaven. Where's our healer, right? What about other people who are left who are sick? Because did Jesus heal everyone? The answer is no. He did not heal everyone. So there's a lot of people left, right? And he leaves. He goes back up to heaven. But he says you're going to receive power in the Holy Spirit. It comes upon you. And Acts, the book of Acts, is all about how that plays out, how this new gospel power plays out in the believer's life. And in Acts 3, we're going to see it. It says this in verse 1 of Acts 3. One day, Peter and John, they're kind of like the Batman and Robin. They're, they're the kind of head honchos. Uh, we're going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Verse 2, now a man who was lame from birth, so a lifelong crippled here, um, he was, uh, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So here's a guy, lame from birth, and he is a beggar. He lives his life finding money from, from, other, from those who... Uh, would, would help him out from the benevolence or the generosity of others. And he's done this probably his whole life. He can't even walk to get there. He has his friends carry him every day 
over to the temple, and um, this is how he makes his living. So here he says, um, verse 3, When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now, he probably asked everyone for money who walked through the gates. But now he's asking somebody who uh, has the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen to what happens. Verse 4, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So he probably wasn't even looking. He probably just begging there with his eyes down, you know, asking for money. Um, but he says, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Um, can you imagine, like, you know, you see guys on the side of the street sometime, or women sometimes, or homeless, and they'll have a sign that'll say, we'll work for food, or I'm in need of help, or whatever. Can you imagine maybe seeing a lame guy on the side of the interstate road, or wherever, and you're pulling off, stopping, and getting out, and, and he said, hey, you're going to give me some money? He said, no, but in the, in the name of Jesus get up and walk and be healed. And they stand up and they're able to walk and get out of a wheelchair or, and be healed. That would be pretty crazy. This is what's happening. So obviously not your normal day occurrence. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly, not over time, but instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Verse 8, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Verse 9, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So as we talk about healing this morning, I just want to talk specifically just for a minute about this guy um, you look, you can kind of get a, a brief picture of this guy's life. It doesn't tell us a whole lot about his life, but just a brief picture. Here's a guy who has a pretty um, miserable existence. Now, in those days, if you're a, a guy and you're lame and you have no job, they didn't have disability back then, right? They didn't have a government health care system that would take care of them. This guy, he, the only way he's taken care of is by the generosity of others. And he puts himself in a very strategic place, the temple gates, who were hopefully the, the believers or the people who were religious would have come into the temple gates to bring their offerings and money to God, but they would give him a portion before they would enter the gates. And so as even it says, it says many of them, it says they, they, they noticed him because they recognized, here, here's that guy that's sitting here every day, and they might have even helped him. So here's a guy inside the temple worshiping. Now that's significant too because in those days, which is, it was really sad that they did this, but in those days, if you were lame or crippled, uh, you could not enter into the temple. Okay, And so you couldn't go worship in the temple. You had to stay outside. And so this is his first time even be able to be into the temple. And now he's worshiping God. He's praising God for what God has done for him. He's leaping and worshiping. Um, now anytime you you kind of start to talk about the issue of healing. And we read stories like this. In America, we don't see a lot of, we don't see a lot of this happening. Um, maybe you have. Uh, I know that I have seen some pretty miraculous healing uh, in my lifetime. Not a whole lot of times. I've seen it happen a, a couple, just a couple times. And, uh, and it hasn't always been in America. I've seen some overseas. Um, but in America, we oftentimes don't see or hear a lot about these just miraculous things. How many of you... You've seen or you've heard of or you maybe know somebody who um, the doctors could not explain or you just know it was a miraculous healing. Raise your hand to say you, it, it, was, it was truly miraculous. Probably about half of you. And so, so a lot of us have seen it, but, but some have not. But I assure you that this kind of healing still goes on today. And oftentimes people kind of get in camps because some people have not ever seen it. Some people have. Some people watch TV and they see TV preachers who are freaky, right? And they say crazy things like, okay, if you put your check in the mail to me, right? And then you touch the TV, put your hand on the screen, and you have faith, then you'll be healed. And God knows if that check is in the mail or not. 
So don't even think about putting your hand on that TV if that check is not in the mail. I mean, because even just writing it out, that's not enough. It's got to be mailed in the mail to me because God knows. God knows your heart. And uh, if you don't have enough faith uh, or you don't touch the TV the right way or whatever, you're not going to be healed. And so sometimes uh, you see crazy stuff like that and you think these people are just nuts. It's all a gimmick. It's all a show. And a lot of it probably is. And so there's some crazy people. Um, but the reality is, is there is real supernatural healing. I've, I've seen it. Um, and, and it's crazy. I watched a man's back straighten up over prayer. I watched a man who was hunched down. Who There was a, a kid in uh, our youth group. He had fallen in a ski accident and broke his back in um, many different places. He went through many surgeries. And he was in very, very bad condition. Um, he had a lot of pins and screws all in his, in his back. And we were on a mission trip together. And it started acting up and bothering him. And I'm, I'm not joking. He has scars all down his back. And his, his back, you, you could see it just curve like this. I mean, you could see it was just twisted and out of place. And he was in so much pain, he, he, he couldn't even get out of the bed and walk. And he had come on this mission trip with us. We're in the middle of Jamaica serving these churches. And we just, as a team, we had a, the pastor was one of the pastors from Jamaica. He says, let's, let's all get together and let's pray over him. And he, he had his shirt off. It was hot. We didn't have AC. And, we, and several of us laid our hands on this guy's back. And we prayed over him. And we physically saw his back go like from this to this. It was unbelievable. And he, he went from not being able to, to walk or move to saying instantly, I have no pain. He says, I, I'm, I'm instantly better. And it was, it was pretty dramatic. And I had never really seen stuff like that. I'd heard about many of those things happening. Um, but I had not seen as many of those happen uh, as, as I had done uh, until I had witnessed that. But it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty amazing to watch. And talk about a faith builder in, in this guy's life who was just a 20-year-old kid who all of a sudden saw God completely heal his back and felt the power of God healing his back. Man, he was, he was praising God. And even the people in our team were like, oh my gosh, God, is, maybe there's something to this God thing. He's, he's real. And so, um, so there, there is something, there is real healing out there. But I, I know there's a lot of questions, and, and so what I want to do today is just mainly focus on a few questions, and we'll kind of go back and forth to this, uh, the passage of the story a little bit. Um, but there are a lot of questions about healing, and, and I want to go through a few of them. The first one is this, is why is there sickness? Why is there sickness? Anybody just want to take a guess at why there's sickness real quick? Anybody in the crowd? Why is there sickness? What's that? Anybody? What's that? The curse, the, the curse in the garden because of sin. In fact, that's the first one we're going to talk about. And absolutely, because of the curse in the garden, there is sin into the world and there is sickness and death and, uh, and stuff in, in our world because of sin. Listen to Romans 5, 12. It says this. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's talking about Adam because Adam and, and Eve were um, just rebelled against God in the garden. That's what he was talking about. It says, just as it entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death came to all people because all sin. In other words, we live in a, in a sick, diseased world and the disease is called sin. Now, there are a lot of times people think that, um, you know, we, we have to do something in order to be sick or, you know, everything is kind of a cause and effect. I'm being punished. I'm, I'm getting sick because I'm, I'm being punished. Or that, that person is, um, you know, died at a young age just because they, they were being punished. That, sometimes that's true, but not always. It's not always a cause and effect. Um, we have a, a dear friend, uh, and she actually just, my wife just went to her baby shower. Um, her name was Lindsay Mart. You guys knew her. She used to work at our church. Um, this poor girl had many miscarriages um, during her, her marriage. She had several miscarriages, and she recently had one while she was here with us. Um, but now she's actually pregnant again and having a healthy child, and we're very excited. And, you know, but she went through a season of having several miscarriages. And, and you know, you have to begin to wonder. You've you got to think, and some people are crazy enough to believe stuff like this. You know, is God killing those babies? You know, does, does God kill those babies? You know, maybe the, the baby in the womb was, you know, really a bad baby, you know. It was like one of those babies that kicks a lot. Bad baby. 
And so, you know, I mean, that's just, but people are sick and they would say, you know, maybe God's, you know, killing them. And, of course, that's just terrible, terrible, horrible thing to say. That's just not, and, and not true. See, we live in a broken, sinful world. Sin has uh, infected our world and affected everything. So people will often say, why do bad things happen to, to good people? Or why do bad things just happen, period? Oftentimes it's just because we live in a broken, sinful world that is not fixed. And although we see glimpses of Jesus and glimpses of hope, the kingdom of God has not fully come. The kingdom of God is coming, but it has not come. And so in the meantime, there is death and sickness and disease. It's not always cause and effect. Um, and, and we just have to realize that nothing today is the way God intends for it to be. We, and we have to kind of come to grips with just because bad things happen doesn't mean God agrees with it. God, here's the, the significant thing is God allows a lot of junk to happen, correct? But just because God allows doesn't mean that God intends. And sometimes people get that very confused. That See, God allows great tragedy to, to occur. But God allows great tragedy to occur because he knows that ultimately... Um, what we experience now in this life is not eternal. And what is most important is what is eternal. And so, so anyway, so yes, number one, because of sin. Number two is because of personal sin. Personal sin. First Corinthians 1130, uh, Paul actually speaks to some people who were getting sick and disease because of personal sin. It says this, That is why many of you who are weak and ill and some have died. He was talking to uh, the Corinthian church who was, they were taking communion. They were going to church and eating communion together. And the communion back then was more of a big buffet meal. It was not just a little uh, piece of bread and a little miniature cup. And they go, <laughs> um, but it was kind of a, it was a big buffet meal that the church shared the generosity together with others. And many of these people were just living very rebellious lives against God. And so they were living uh, as the Greeks and Corinthians would live. Uh, they were living very pagan, very sinful lives, partying um, in drunkenness and in, in sexual promiscuity. And then, and then they come to church and they, they eat communion and, and then they worship God and they leave and they live the same lifestyle. And what Paul was saying to them is listen to how many he says. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have even died. In other words, because of their rebellious lifestyle, people were getting sick and dying. Can living a rebellious lifestyle against God kill you? Yes. Um, One of my best friends, he's another pastor in town. His name is John David Mangrum. He's actually spoke uh, here at our our church before. I love him dearly. His dad uh, passed away this week. He passed away on Tuesday. Um, And it was uh, actually was not a a tremendously tragic uh, ordeal because... Of recent events, but he passed away primarily because he lived like hell when he lived on earth. He was an alcoholic. Um, he was a smoker. Uh, he he just he lived a very rebellious life, and uh, he had a bad liver. He had a bad heart. He had pretty much everything in his body. It just was bad, and uh, and he died this week um, of a of a massive heart attack. He wasn't that old. He was uh, late sixties. And, um, and he died basically as, as, as a cause and effect due to his own personal sin because he had mistreated his body. And sometimes that, that does happen. And oftentimes there are things in our own personal lives where um, we are having some physical um, issues because we're just choosing to be disobedient to God. Some of us, if we eat extremely poorly all the time, and what we'll see is we, we, treat our, we don't treat our bodies well. Um, we'll see ourselves continue to be sick if we take in, uh, you know, excess alcohol or, or we're, whatever. We're, we begin to damage our bodies and we're not taking care of ourselves and being in a simple way or taking drugs. You see that people just destroy their minds and their brains. And now we're legalizing um, stuff that actually destroys our brain cells. You, I don't know if you guys knew this, but side note that marijuana, I, there's a reason why people call them potheads. You know why? Because it actually just destroys brain cells, and and it actually inhibits your uh, this frontal cortex of your brain that actually allows you to make good decisions. And so, while oftentimes you see people who are potheads make really bad decisions, is because chemically it's destroying their brain and the ability for their physical body to make good decisions. So, although um, our, our nation may 
may begin to legalize it more and more doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for your body. Um, and again, I'm not here to give you a rant or rave, political rant or rave. But, but the idea is, is that our, our, when we turn back to God, it's actually healthy for us. Listen to what uh, um, Paul, or the, the author continues to say in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 3, verse 16, after this, after this miracle occurs, listen to what he says in verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and now and know has, was made strong. He was made strong by faith in the name of Jesus. Sorry. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. And he calls him in verse 19 to something. He says, repent then, which means to turn from your sin, change your behavior. He says, so change your behavior then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Listen to that. He says, so repent to God, turn to him, your sins may be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The sense of that there's going to be, you know, some renewed sense of healing for you too. That whenever we turn our hearts back to God and we stop rebelling from him, God actually begins to um, honor that and, and, and helping us. Now, it doesn't always work. You know, sometimes we, we live very rebellious lives and we turn ourselves back to God and we've already done a lot of damage to our bodies. But there is, um, there is something to be said about a heart that is spiritually longs for God and turns towards Him that is, it leads to a healthy body. You've all heard this before. Even in the medical field, they acknowledge, even people who don't really believe in God, they will acknowledge that a person cannot just be healed specifically physically because you are made up of body, mind, and soul. And oftentimes, um, people need to be treated not just with their body and their mind, but also their what? Their, their soul. Um, I see a very direct correlation. I have a disease called Meniere's disease, if you don't know me. Um, that means I get a lot of vertigo. I'm deaf in this year. And I see a very direct correlation to stress and uh, especially just um, emotional stress in my life uh, for me getting sick. If, if I have a very stressful day, I know the next day I'm going to be dizzy. I mean, I just, I just know it's coming. Um, some of you, you, you might know that. You, you know if you have a really bad day or if you eat something you're not supposed to eat, you know the next day you're just going to be sick, right? And, and I know if my emotions, if my heart is stressed out, and I'm not doing well with God. I know that it, it leads, even for me personally, it can lead to dizziness and physical effects. Uh, it's crazy how oftentimes how interrelated they are. And to separate our bodies, mind, and spirit and to treat them differently is foolish because we're all weaved together, aren't we? When our soul is sick, our body and our mind struggles, right? And when our body's sick, sometimes our mind and our soul struggles as well. And so we're kind of all woven together and it's important that we... That we, that we be mindful of that. So we get sick oftentimes because of that. And the third reason why we get sick, and I'm going to spend a lot of time with this, but it's demonic oppression. Yes, I did say the word demon because they're real. Listen to what Matthew 4.24 says, talking about Jesus healing. It says, so his fame spread throughout all Syria, talking about Jesus, and they brought him all the sick. So they're bringing tons of sick people to Jesus, right? Because he's healing people. He's famous now. He's the healer. Those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those, listen, Oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. He healed them all. He healed those who had diseases, and he also healed those who were oppressed by demons. There's another example in the Bible where someone was oppressed by demons who believed in God. Uh, His name was Job. His name was Job, and he got horrible lesions on his body and boils and was sick. Um, He was stricken with all kind of physical ailments. It was demonic oppression. And oftentimes, um, sicknesses can be, and illnesses can be, of, of demonic in nature. And so it doesn't mean that you um, have a demon living in you. If you're a Christian, you cannot be possessed. If you're a believer, you cannot be possessed by a demon. Um, but you can be oppressed by a demon. Two, two different things. Um, so I, I don't know if some of you that's freaking you out hearing that, um, but... It's, it's a reality, it's in the scriptures, and, and it's true. Um, so what you can do is you can say, I may be sick just because of demonic depression. So when you pray, when you pray for others who are sick, you just add that in there and say, God, if there's any demonic oppression in this people's life, 
I pray you cast it out. That's what Jesus, when he prayed about demons, he said, make them go away. They're here, and he talked about them going away. So he would say things like, I cast you out. Would you go away? All right, and so um, we use that kind of language. Um, Here's another big question, kind of leads to this question. Uh, Does faith healing replace modern medicine? Does faith healing replace modern medicine? Um, If it says Jesus healed people, are are we stupid to go to the doctor and look for healing um, when really we should just be praying, right? And um, some people in California, this family, uh, I think it was this last year, they, they had a sick child. And they didn't take their sick child to the doctor. Instead, they prayed over that child, and that child died. They had another child, family with two children. Another child got sick. They prayed over that child. That child died as well. Um, were those people just being good Christians? No, they're being stupid, right? Because because just because they didn't um, just because. I mean, there's nothing in the scripture that says you cannot go to the doctor. In fact, it actually uh, says more the other, the other way. A couple different reasons why. Number one, the person who wrote the book of Acts, his name is Luke. Um, he wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Did you know what he did as a job? He was a, he was a doctor. Do you think the doctor who's a doctor is going to say, listen, you should never go see the doctor. You should just pray. No, no, he wouldn't say that, right? Um, in other places of Scripture, it talks about when um, people are sick. It says, elders, lay your hands on them and pray for them. And then it also says, and anoint them with oil. And some people say, well, that's just symbolic. And it is symbolic, but it also is medicinal. And oftentimes during that time, they didn't have modern pharmaceuticals like we have today. Um, but they would use olive oil. It was a very common household medicine. And they would rub it on wounds. They would rub it on stuff like that. And I, I do believe that this is an encouragement to, hey, when you pray over someone, there's nothing wrong with allowing modern medicine and your prayer to be an active part in people's healing. I know that I am very thankful for modern medicine. I just had surgery on December 4th. Guy drilled into my brain. I'm doing better. I'm actually a little dizzy right now. So if it looks like I'm kind of standing a little straight, it's because I'm a little dizzy right now. Um, but... But he, it has dramatically helped me. Now, it hasn't wiped it all away, but it's helped me significantly. And so I'm very thankful for that. Would it have been faithless to not do that? No. Have I prayed? Absolutely. So I do both. I go, number one, to the great physician who is God, our Heavenly Father. And number two, there's nothing wrong with going to physicians who are, who are here. Because, um, because I believe that God allows... Um, gives gifts of healing to people who are doctors and other people who are nurses and work in the health um, and medical field and who, are, who, who have gifts of healing, who, who can have the opportunity to pray for and use the skills that God's given them to help people who are sick. Nothing wrong with that. Either way, if someone's healed, whether it's through surgery, um, through a doctor, or whether it's through the power of God, is it any less the grace of God that heals them? Any less the grace of God? No. And any less the grace of God? No. Um, it's still he, he can still get the glory either way. Let me ask you this question. Why does God heal? Why does God heal? Why, would, why did Jesus heal and why does God heal? A um, couple reasons. I think number one is because he truly loves us and it's a way that he extends love. Um, I do believe that when Jesus came, the reason why he healed was to do what it said in that verse. It was to spread the fame of Jesus. It was to to share his glory. And what was the direct relationship between this guy and the story that Peter healed and what happened to the people? What did they do? They they worshiped God and praised God. Do you know what's, what's God's number one delight? When people praise him. Did you know that? God is all about bringing glory to himself. He's very selfish. And he should be because he's God. And he wants to bring all the glory to himself. And so he heals people oftentimes because he wants people to say, my goodness, God is amazing. God is real. God should be glorified. I need to turn my life over to God. I need to live for him and live for him only. That's why God oftentimes heals. Sometimes it's for the benefit of those who's being healed. But oftentimes it is the benefit of that those would glorify him. Jesus healed a blind man. And the, the, the disciples asked, they said, why was this guy stricken with blindness? He had been blind since birth. And it says, because he did something bad. And, and Jesus said, no. He says, it was because God wanted to glorify himself and, and bring glory to his son. 
And so it was, all, it was not so much about the man himself at all, but it was all about God, because that really is what it really is all about. Which brings us to the question, which is interesting, because when Jesus would heal people, there were some he didn't heal, right? In fact, there's a story where Jesus goes to this, um, to this it's kind of one of the famous Jesus healing stories, where he goes to this spring, where all these many sick people kind of lay around um, Jacob's well, uh, or not Jacob's well, sorry, the spring, I forget the name of it, uh, the healing, the, ah, my mind's black. Anyway, this healing pool, all these people are around this, I mean, literally they say it would have hundreds, hundreds of people. And Jesus is literally stepping over sick people and he grabs one guy and says, take your mat, stand up and walk and follow me. And so, and then he walks out. Now that's kind of a strange story. Jesus is around hundreds of potentially very sick and lame people. And Jesus walks up and heals one guy. And leaves the guy next to him and the guy next to him and the others all sick. What is up with that, right? Why does God heal some and not others? Where it's very clear because he just loves them more. I mean, either more important or you're not, right? No, that's wrong. But people think crazy stuff like that. And you might have thought that. Why doesn't God heal me? Maybe God doesn't love me enough. Why doesn't God heal my mom or my dad or my kid or my child? Or why didn't, you know, my my grandpa, Joe or whatever? Because... Here's, here's, it, I mean, it's, it's complicated, but it goes back to the reason um, we talked about at the very beginning because of sin and brokenness. And we live in a broken world. And we're not there yet. We're not in heaven yet. This is not our permanent home. So God oftentimes does not heal everyone because uh, we, weren't, we're, we live in a broken, a very, very broken state. Um, one of the best examples of this in the Scripture is uh, actually the, the, the person, Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, most of the books. He actually had an illness. And we don't know exactly what it was, but um, he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And he was never healed. Now, listen to Second Corinthians 12. This is Paul. He says this. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a sickness or an illness or disease, uh, we don't know exactly what it was. He says, he called it a messenger of Satan. All right, that didn't sound good though, right? Doesn't sound good. And he says, to torment me. In other words, he was being tormented. He was in pain. He was suffering. Paul was suffering. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Now, this is Paul. He did many, this is a guy who healed many people. This is the faith healer who gets diseased. He can't heal himself. All right, He's raising people from the dead. He's healing people, yet he can't heal himself. And he himself is sick, right? Kind of crazy. But here's what God said to him. Listen, he says, he says, so I'm praying in verse 9. He says, but he said to me, saying this is what God revealed to him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, that's not necessarily an answer that all of us would want to hear. Jesus, I want to be healed. God, I want to be healed. And he goes, no, 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 my grace is good enough. No, God, I want to be fixed. No, 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 no. The gospel is good enough. My forgiveness is good enough. My grace in, in, in the gospel that Jesus died, that I sent my only son to bear the ultimate pain and suffering for you, that's enough for you. No, Jesus, my leg hurts. No, Jesus, I'm dizzy. No, I have these headaches. I have these migraines. No, I have this cancer. I, I want more. No, 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 no. He says, God, God says very clearly, my grace, the goodness of the gospel. I've already sent my son Jesus to die for you. That is enough because my power is made perfect through your weakness. And when you're weak, you're just associating yourself with the same suffering that Jesus went through. You're going through the same thing I sent my son to do for you. And when you suffer and you're weak, it's a reminder of what he went through for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. So then Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. So that Christ's power may rest on me. What a great attitude he has. He says, listen, so I'll boast all the more about being weak. Because it's a, it's a boast that Christ's power is even so much more in me. One of the things that was really neat about um, the story of my friend John David and his dad dying. Is I, I met with John David for lunch um, probably a month ago. And he was telling me um, just the story of his dad. And he said, yeah, I, just, I wanted to... T- share with you this miracle that's happened the last three months with my dad. 
is that my whole life my dad has rejected God, not been a very good dad. He's lived like madness. And he, he dropped into this uh, old church and just felt like he needed to go to church one day. He went to this old church, and it was kind of this Bible-thumping church that you probably wouldn't think of where people wear suits and ties. Um, probably a, you know, a very small church. And the guy was preaching about sin and forgiveness, and he gave his life to God. And since that day, he has fallen in love with Jesus. Here's a 60s, I think he was 69, 67 years old, something like that. He, um, he was telling me just about how he had genuinely had a conversion to Christ and how he, called, he had called John David just like a few weeks before I met with him and said, Listen, uh, J.D., I'm so sorry. I now realize how, what an idiot I was and how bad of a father I was and how much I need Jesus and how thankful I am for him. He says, I know Jesus has forgiven me, but I want you to forgive me too. In fact, when his dad died, this is so cool. His dad died sitting at a table reading his Bible. He was sitting at the table reading his Bible as he was doing pretty much. He said, John David said his dad was just became obsessed with Jesus, which is pretty exciting. He had lived his whole life so far from him. When he got, began to read the Bible, he just began to read it and read it and read it. And he was sitting down. He had a Bible on his table and he had a Bible commentary with him. And he died of a massive heart attack. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, God doesn't heal some. But you know what he does heal? He heals our spirits. He heals our souls because His grace is sufficient. He doesn't always heal our bodies. But He's made healing available for our souls. That's what's so important about the gospel is that we need to understand that the gospel brings healing to our, to our hearts and our life. And even more than people need physical healing, you know what people need? Spiritual healing. And physical healing is, is, is great if you can get it. Listen, I don't want to undervalue that, but spiritual healing is of great, greater value. Sometimes people over-elevate the value of physical healing. I understand people, there are a lot of people who go through suffering, and, and it's desperate. I heard a story of a guy this week who said he wanted to kill himself because he couldn't walk. And he had um, a total hip replacement, both hips, and was able to walk again. Um, um, and he said... Well, now I'm fine. I'm, I'm living free, and I'm and I I'm, I'm not going to kill myself, and that's great. I'm and I'm glad he he received the ability to walk. But you know what was more important for him than that would be spiritual healing. Would be spiritual healing that there's a God who loves him because it's not just about because you know what he's going to walk. But how how long is he going to walk for? Maybe he's got twenty years. Maybe he's got thirty years. Maybe he's got fifty more years of walking. But then what? But then what? I heard this really, really funny story. Just, uh, it was a Jay Leno uh, interview with this lady who was uh, 100 years old. Maybe you've seen this. And uh, she tells a story about um, how she went to Disney World. She went to Disney World and she was wearing a skirt. And um, it was really windy. Okay? And the wind was blowing her dress up. And um, she, was, she had a hat and she was grabbing onto her hat. And her skirt is like, you know, straight up. And she's just showing everybody all her stuff. And, uh, and this kid came up to her and is like, you know, lady, you need to hold on to your skirt. She's like, he's like, you're showing everything you got. And uh, she says to the kid, she goes, son, she goes, what's down there is 100 years old. She goes, but this hat is brand new. And I'm hanging on to it. I'm out. So, uh, that's awesome. I, I hope I'm like that when I'm when I'm old. I just who cares? Maybe I'll wear a skirt too. Um, but it's funny because when you, when you as you as you age, you realize the things that are more important, right? You begin to realize your perspective begins to change, and you go, there are some things more important than other things. And um, although physical uh, the the value of physical healing is very important, um, I want us also to seek spiritual healing. So what, what can we do? Here's, here's how we can be healers to those who are sick now. Number one, uh, three things that we can do. Number one is pray. Nothing wrong with praying. In fact, that's what God calls us to do. Is when we're sick, when others are sick, pray for them. Um, I believe that prayer is powerful and effective, and it does work. And we pray first to our great physician before we even have to go to the, um, the man physician. 
or the woman physician or whatever. So we, we pray. Number two, the other thing that the scriptures call us to do is to lay hands on people and pray for them. When you see the stories of Jesus, one of the things you see a lot is Jesus touching people. And I don't mean in a weird sexual way like some people freak out about. But I mean, he, he, he would touch sick people. He would touch people who were lepers, who were outcasts. He would come and put his hand on them and touch them. And I don't know if you've uh, if ever visited a nursing home, but my family, and we usually take the Stevens with us, we'll go uh, visit a nursing home and take our kids through there. We did that for Christmas. And every time we go, the thing that they, the, these people want to do is they want to hug our kids. They squeeze them to death. And it's really funny because they will grab, and our kids do such, they're such good sports. They've gone enough now. They realize, you know, all right, I'm just going to get squeezed on by stinky people, and that's okay. You know, so... So these, these, I mean, these ladies would just grab them and squeeze them and not want to let them go. Why? Because they need that physical touch, right? We need that, don't we? And oftentimes when people get sick, what's the first thing that happens? When, when the people around them, they do what? They go, you're kind of gross. Ugh. You know, it's like, like my daughter, you know, you know, Molly, she's got snot everywhere. She's like, Bleh. I'm like, I'm not touching you. You're sick. You're disgusting. You know, but oftentimes people do that. And I thank God for people who are nurses and who are um, CNAs and people who work in nursing homes or people who just aren't afraid of that stuff and they're able to love on people. But I would encourage you to do the same. Love on people who are sick. Touch them. I, I used to work at a... Um, uh, for a pharmacist, and I did in-home health care delivery. So I would deliver medical beds and oxygen machines. And I had one patient who was an AIDS patient. And he was in the later stages of AIDS, and he did not look good. He was an 80-pound-year-old, um, he was probably a 45-year-old black man who uh, had AIDS and lived in horrible conditions. And um, when I would go, I remember my first time visiting him, I was so nervous to be close to him because I just heard all these stories. If you touch somebody with AIDS, you'll, you'll get sick and, you know, and all this stuff. And then, um, I, you know, I began to be more educated about it and know it has to be blood to blood contact, stuff like that. And so I, I remember the first time touching this man and helping him and actually reaching out to him. It was probably meant more to me than it even did to him. It was just this huge deal. I've helped, I had to help him sit up and I just kind of grabbed it and you could just see him just kind of almost just be excited and kind of just almost relax in somebody's touch because imagine a person who who has AIDS, how distanced people would be from them. And this was, gosh, 20 years ago. So this was a long time ago when we were much less educated about it. And this is the kind of people, the, 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 the people who oftentimes who are sick, the way they feel. Be, be a person of mercy. Be compassionate. Be willing to touch and break through barriers and, and love on people who are sick and pray for them. And number three, which I think is the most important thing, is encourage them in their faith. I already said that we're, already, we're all woven together, aren't we? And when our bodies are sick, our minds get sick, you know what struggles? Our faith begins to struggle. And people begin to say things, they begin to believe lies. Well, maybe God doesn't love me because I'm just sick and I'm hurting all the time. Why doesn't God heal me? People sometimes just need people to come and pray over them and encourage them in their faith. God still loves you. I know you're suffering. I know you're sick. Um, I I worked with a lot of people who are in hospice. People who are hospice, um, God loved those people. They're amazing. If you've ever had to deal with them with a family member or something like that, um, a, a friend of mine is actually a chaplain for hospice now. And um, God bless him because he, he goes and he loves on people who are sick and dying. And his whole job is to encourage them in their faith. Um, but that's really what we're about. We, should, the, you, we shouldn't have to have a title of hospice, hospice chaplain to encourage people who are hurting, should we? We should be people who encourage those who are, who are sick, encourage them in their faith, to keep the faith, to know that God loves them, to speak the words that God spoke to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. Although you're suffering, there's good news. Because ultimately, here's, here's the good news. Um, all of God's people will be healed. Did you know that? All of God's people will be healed. And there's this really touching story in Revelation. It's in Revelation 21, verse 4. And it says that Jesus personally, it says he wipes the tear of, of those um, who come into his home. It says he wipes the tear. And it says there will be no sickness, no sadness, no more disease. No more death. And he wipes every tear from our eyes.
Isn't that cool? Isn't that good news? That Jesus ultimately does bring healing to us. That one day you're going to have a restored body. If, you're, if your home is in heaven and your faith is in him, you will have a restored, renewed, completely healed body. Just like Jesus did when he came back from the grave. And he'll do that in Revelation 4. He will wipe the tears from your eyes because there will be no more pain or sadness. So today, I, I want to do something kind of weird and crazy, and you guys may freak out a little bit. Um, I want to pray for those who are sick here. I want to pray for those who um, uh, maybe know somebody who are sick. It's interesting, when you give ask for prayer requests, what do people always say? Those who are sick, right? And, you know, my grandma, she's got this bunion, and, you know, it's just been killing her, right? And... Uh, but we, we, we always we pray for people who are sick. So we're going to do that today. And here's, I'm going to make it even more uncomfortable. I'm going to have you pray for people who are sick and maybe pray for the person beside you who are sick. And so if this is really weirds you out and this is just too uncomfortable, you don't have to pray. But I, I want you to allow someone to pray for you. How about that? Can you do that today? Uh, I want to pray for you first. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is to pray for each other. For either, number one, I'm going to let you share either, hey, I'm feeling sick or I know somebody who's feeling sick. Pray for grandma, mom, son, child, or you can pray for me personally and pray for each other. And if, you, if, you're, if you're uncomfortable praying, that's fine. You don't have to. But would you let someone who's close to you pray for you? Let me pray for all of you first. Father, I pray for us as a church. I pray for those who are here. Father, we come to you as a great physician first and foremost um, because, God, you made our bodies. And you know more than any doctor could ever know. And God, I pray for healing over, um, over our people. I pray for healing over diseases, over sickness. I pray for, um, for any of those that might be oppressed um, by, by demons. I pray that they would leave in the name of Jesus. I pray just for, for healing for their, for their souls and for their bodies. For those who come with a sick soul today, I especially pray for their soul today. God, that your grace would be sufficient for them, that they would rest in the gospel, the good news, that you love them so much that you died for them. Um, God, would you encourage us now as we begin to pray for each other? Would you use the power of the Holy Spirit uh, in the midst of just this little room and just, a, and just a humble people who are broken and who are sinful? Would you use the power of the Holy Spirit to change us, um, to see healing in people's lives? and to encourage us that, number one, that we would glorify you and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.